minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street! Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome into the Masson All Access podcast, everybody from the Masson Newsroom. Bobby Blanco and Amy Jennings joining you once again for our first full length. I mean, I guess we recapped the regular season last time, right? Mm-hmm. So this is maybe our first off season full. Uh, full off, official off-season podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make us a part of your Tuesday afternoon. Hopefully joining us live on the Madison Nationals Facebook page or YouTube channel. And of course, if not, you're catching us after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or SoundCloud. Amy, long weekend. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. My birthday was Saturday. Happy birthday. So I made it a whole um, another whole year. We're doing well, and I was off work yesterday, so the birthday celebration just kept going. Good job. So, Too bad the Washington football team couldn't get you a W for I your know. birthday. And Maryland, you know how that went. Yep. So. But that was expected, though. Yeah, but yeah. we saw a lot of good baseball over the weekend, so yeah. that was good. That made it exciting to watch. Had a lot of late nights, Sunday yeah. night, my birthday night. I'm glad I was off Monday because <laughs> that game, sheesh. Yeah. And last night's game. Your weekend, Bobby. Oh, you know, it was fine. You know, nothing nothing big, nothing special. Just uh, got to see some friends, got some family, got engaged, you know, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, no, it was a a very exciting weekend for me. Yep, I uh, proposed to my girlfriend of just over three years. Uh, down by the Georgetown waterfront, actually right by the uh, the Capitals fountain. Remember the Caps went swimming after they won the cup? Did right by there on the water. That's why he did it there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Megan. Um, yeah, and then had a full weekend full of surprises. Um, surprised her with our families afterwards. We were at a restaurant in Georgetown to celebrate. Had uh, rented out some space at a bar by our place in Petworth to have all our friends come in on Saturday night. Surprised her with her best friend who actually lives down in Charlottesville. Um, yeah, it was just a very fun, exciting weekend. Um, was able to. I, I really want to thank Paul and Paul McConnell and Brendan Morrison actually for you know allowing me to take some time off over the weekend so I could uh, you know do the thing and and, and celebrate. Um, uh, yeah, it was an exciting time. I, I had to wait till after the baseball season over. I've been getting a lot of pressure right. from my parents to do it during, most of my mom, uh, in season. I was like, I can't do it in no, season. Like, I, I want to celebrate it, and, and there's just no chance that we can uh, take time to, you know, I can't take off a full weekend and even during a, a losing campaign uh, to, to celebrate. But, yeah, it all went out great. I, thank you. I, just, I mean, not that too many of my friends or family actually watched the podcast, but <laughs> want to thank everyone who came out and showed support, all the great text messages and uh, messages I've received um, over the past couple of days and for me and her. So it's, it was an exciting weekend. So a lot to celebrate here. Birthday, yes, engagement, very exciting. mass and all podcasts. We're I'm celebrating. for all of our viewers to see the pictures because Bobby's going to put them all out there. They're beautiful. <laughs> we were just looking at them. Great pictures. Congratulations. Thank I'm you. so excited. Um, and I'm glad you didn't blow it, Bobby. Like, drop the ring or, you know. I, I was, was actually concerned about that because I, I did a scouting. I went and scouted the location, you know, just kind of went, um, did a scouting trip on Wednesday to the location. And That's the journalist there is a, you. Right, right. There is a boardwalk down there. And I did have a concern that I, I think it was pretty much sealed up. But doing it by the water is kind of nerve-wracking. You never know. Right. <laughs> so that was kind of nerve-wracking just to make sure it didn't fall in through. And it, it never touched the ground. Uh, even though now my now fiance, it was very 
shaky. So she oh, couldn't yeah. even, I had to like help her put it on. She, she couldn't actually put it on. She was shaking so much. Um, but yeah, so no, this, my scouting was like, Oh, there, this could be a posing issue. I, I forgot about there's like water here and God forbid something happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a tough find, oh, no, <laughs> but nothing happened. No, Everything went I off without a hitch. You. I'm yeah. sure it was perfect. Um, but you have to give, you know, I'll yeah. a little, yeah. You know. So all those times I've been complaining on the podcast, how I don't sleep anymore. Not so much the baseball season. It was more so because I was harboring this big secret for the past <laughs> six months. <laughs> um, so now I can finally rest. Get to watch some exciting playoff baseball. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. We're going to update our, the postseason bracket. Um, we're going to discuss uh, some of the Nationals minor league awards were announced today. We can run through those real quick. Mm-hmm. There's there's some pretty obvious ones, but I didn't realize how many minor league awards they actually I hand know, I was out. Looking that, looking at that list, yeah. and I was kind of surprised. So we can talk about those than- uh, real quick. Uh, run through those again. There's some obvious ones in there, and that we don't have to dive too deep into. But mm-hmm. the big news over the weekend, Amy, that I didn't really get to talk too much about because I was a little busy. You're a little busy as well. Um, but so of course, all the news breaking over the past couple of days there's some more changes to the nationals coaching staff for another year another offseason where we're going to see some movement going all, uh, around with Davey Martinez's coaching staff the biggest one of course would be the Kevin Long reportedly now taking the hitting coach up in Philadelphia rejoining himself with Joe Girardi and Bryce Harper um, lots to get into there that leaves a big void in, in, in um, uh, Davey Martinez's staff the news over the weekend as reported by our own Mark Zuckerman as well that uh, Bob Henley and Randy Norwell will not be welcomed back as, as first or third and first base coaches respectively, but they will remain within the organization as player development roles. Um, Amy, here we go again. The coaching carousel continues. It just seems like now, even with, after winning a world series, this is, we're not, we'll now be entering Dave Martinez's fifth year as manager. And it seems like every, almost every year we're making some small changes to the coaching staff. Right. And I kind of wonder how much of this is a reflection of how things went this year, how much of it is a reflection of continuing to get Davey Martinez's guys in there because his first and third base coach were neither his guys. They've both been with the organization since it's been in DC. Um, so maybe it's kind of a reflection of that. But with that being said, did, it surprised you? Did any of these moves surprise you? Did you see some moves coming? Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know if I actually, you know what? I did. And I did not think it would be any of these. My aunt, I, and here we'll get into this in a little bit, but I honestly thought that we would have serious rumblings about Jim Hickey and, mm. and the pitching and the staff bullpen and, coach. and the bullpen coach. And, and you know, the, the, the pitching staff, again, this is a team that organization that prides itself on pitching and this is how they build this roster. Mike Rizzo does. Um, and this was statistically the worst year top to bottom pitching that Mike Rizzo's ever had in, in DC. And so I know it was Jim Hickey's first season. I know he's Davey Martinez's handpicked guy. This is, I think that's the, only the first time Davey Martinez has been able to pick his mm-hmm. pitching coach. And it's only been one season and there's a lot of factors going around, but you know, just, I, I think what clearly we see here is that Davey Martinez has full say on his coaching staff. I think if it were up to Mike Rizzo and if Mike Rizzo was not giving Davey the opportunity to make this call, I think we might have seen Jim Hickey on his way out. Uh, but Davey is standing by his guy. He's only been here for one year. I think this goes also into a broader conversation, Amy, about the Nationals not giving their coaches long-term deals. Mm-hmm. And we're going year by year. There's only a handful of examples. And in the Mike Rizzo era of – Coaches, not managers, coaches getting multi-year deals. Kevin Long was one of them. He got a three-year deal when he came in uh, with Davey Martinez in 2018. The other one, 
to point to was Mike Maddox getting a two-year deal mm-hmm. when he came over with Dusty Baker as the pitching coach. That's pretty much it. And, you know, if you look back to last year, remember we were kind of having this conversation at the end of last season, would Kevin Long return? There, there were some reports that he was already on his way out. Um, but it actually turned out that the Nationals just gave him permission to go look for a job elsewhere. He didn't find a multi-year deal, so he came back for one more year at the Nationals. And the Nationals, again, once again, said, we're, we'll give you one more year, but we're not going to give you a multi-year deal. If you can find it elsewhere, good for you. If not, we'll be here waiting. And he looks like he found one in Philly. Right, and those I don't think his deal is clear right now right. yet, but the reports are that he is going to get a multi-year deal, and that is what he's looking for. And I wonder if that has a good bit to do with it if he was looking for that multi-year deal and I also wonder if the Nationals Mike Rizzo and the Nationals are a little bit hesitant to give those longer deals to these guys just because the state of the team right now the state of the team that they've been over the last five even over five years or even the last decade um, I wonder if that has a little bit of little bit to do with it but as far as Kevin Long um, he's certainly looking for that deal and it seems like he he's going to go and get it if the Nationals weren't going to give it to him um, I think that's that that's a loss uh, for the yeah. Nationals there and that certainly surprised me considering when you look at the Nationals offensive numbers and really surprisingly how they were still able to produce for the second half of the season once they lost all of those guys and then of course you know how the pitching performed how the bullpen performed and they're being offered to come back and we'll dive into that in a little bit, but that's kind of what surprised me the most. But that multi-year deal is definitely what Kevin Long's looking for, and you can't blame him. Job security. Uh, Davey Martinez was looking for it. He got it, um, and assistant coaches, of course, are going to look for that too. And, you know, that's the this thing. He It's not like, you know, we just briefly touched on Jim Hickey, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. The offense wasn't the problem for the Nationals this year, mm-hmm. especially after the trade deadline, which is very impressive. You look at the job that Kevin Long has done, especially this year in a rough season, right? Juan Soto, after a, sh- a rough start, is had a MVP caliber campaign. Trey Turner, for the half of the season he was here, had an MVP caliber campaign. He got Josh Bell out of his early season funk for the last two-thirds of the season. Josh Bell was really good in the fourth spot in that lineup. You look at some other progress. I mean, Carter. we talked about Carter Keeble and Luis Garcia's improvements. It's a little bit – it's not what you would want to see, but it was still some improvement. You got some good stuff out of Yadiel Hernandez. Lane Thomas, when he got over here, performed really well mm-hmm. uh, at the plate. Um, the Nationals led the league in, I think, uh, batting average and on-brace percentage and struck mm-hmm. out fewer times than any other club in the National League. That's all great stuff. Now, they had some trouble getting the ball out of the air, uh, up in the air. The launch angle is one of Kevin Long's calling cards, and um, he's a whole part of that mm-hmm. movement. They grounded into a lot of double plays as well. But overall, the Nationals' offense was pretty good and was not the reason that they were so poor in the standings this year. It was more so the pitching staff. So, yeah, Kevin Long deserves a multi-year deal. I guess just my concern and question would be, how come the Nationals are so hesitant to provide? I mean, he's regarded as one of the best pitching coaches coaches in baseball. You've had him for now four seasons. He won a World Series with you. You have a superstar in Juan Soto who adores him. We saw him at the wild card game cheering on Trey and Max exactly. together. I, I just don't I I don't understand the hesitant to commit to a guy like that. I mean, is it a financial thing? Is it they don't really believe in coaching, which is not 
what it sounds like. Do they not really believe said, like how much does coaching actually affect major league batters? Or do they want to focus more now on the developmental side of their uh, organization and not worry so much about the, the major league coaching staff? I just don't understand the hesitancy of committing to a guy like Kevin Long in the long term. Right, because you, you mentioned all of those numbers. Eighth best OPS in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of surprised you when you look at some of these numbers. But their offense as a whole has really produced. And then just like you mentioned, you look at the individual developments and relationships that he's built, particularly with Juan Soto. And this is an organization that's hoping to sign Juan Soto long term. And when they traded away all of these guys, his teammates, um, Kevin Long was one of the bright spots that Juan Soto mentioned and what he was looking forward to um, and who was kind of guiding him you know, still to get through the rest of the season. That's who pitched to him in the home run derby. And like you mentioned, they were together at the wild card game. So having those relationships with your players is really important. Um, And then you mentioned kind of the, the actual coaching aspect and how much does that affect major league hitters, but they're about to get a whole lot of really young guys up there, you know, that are playing every single day, filling out that lineup and they're going to need you know, there's going to be a certain level of coaching and a certain yeah. level of development. And I don't know if maybe they thought that he wasn't the guy for that job, maybe, or the guy moving forward for a long-term deal. I'm not really quite sure, but the success so far with this big league team has been there. And then you can kind of say the same thing about major league pitchers as well. When you're talking about, you know, pitching coaches, uh, it's kind of like a, a catch 22, but as far as Kevin Long, the results are there. I just wonder if maybe developmentally with these younger guys, they don't see it, but you see what he's able to, to do with Juan Soto. Yeah. You see what he's gotten, Josh Bell, all these other players that you mentioned out of big slumps. So I, I'm not really sure. I was kind of surprised uh, by this one, but definitely a personal choice for Kevin Long. Kevin Long is also been on record saying that like there's not much coaching that goes on between me and the players it's more we just look at film and and make small adjustments Mm -hmm. i'm not really teaching these guys how to they know how to hit like he references juan soto all the time like i don't really coach juan soto i kind of just talk to him and help him figure out little tweaks here and there he's juan soto he'll figure it out Uh, you know so there is like a small level of coaching that goes on between coach and player at that level you're right I think more so down on the developmental side the minor league side that's where a majority of that coaching will happen um and then you said but you're right they're they're gonna have a lot of young like who knows what the effect this have long term on Carter Kibo and Luis Garcia's progression at the plate could be I mean we know what Juan Soto is capable of doing we know what we can expect from Josh Bell next year but these are young guys that are gonna come up and they're gonna struggle at the plate and are gonna need help and why would you not want to have was considered one of the best, if not the best, hitting coach in the entire mm-hmm. sport, uh, helping them along the way. Even if it's minimal coaching, he the worst he can do is help them make small adjustments. Right, and even Davey Martinez, I mean, we talked about Davey Martinez being a big part of this decision-making, of course, um, and in that last press conference when he was asked about the coaches and who was returning and who was wasn't, who wasn't, he obviously didn't speak on Kevin Long. Besides the fact that he said, you know, he lo- he likes what he's been doing here and, you know, he respects him and they've worked together for a couple of years. Don't forget Kevin Long was interviewed for the manager position yep. when Davey Martinez got it. So he's been around. They've worked together for a long time. And I don't know if it's frustrating. I mean, from what we see, Davey Martinez likes him and respects him and they, they have a good rapport. Um, but you, you kind of wonder if it you feel like you kind of get a good thing going and then you lose your 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 guys behind you and or under you and kind of like breaks up a little bit of your what you have going that was my other kind of my next point as well and 
like we talked about this a little bit last week and how it relates to Ryan Zimmerman's future with the team. You know, what if this is a personal decision by Kevin Long not wanting to go through a rebuild? You know, he considers himself a high-profile hitting coach. He wants to go to a team that has a chance of winning next year. And the Phillies certainly, I mean, they had a disappointing year this year, but they've got Bryce Harper. They've got JT Romuto. They've got Andrew McGovern. I mean, they've got plenty of bat. I mean, their offense isn't the problem either, right? It falls mostly on their pitching probably up there in Philly. So he has a history with Joe Girardi. He obviously has a history with Bryce Harper here in D.C. for one season. Maybe it was a personal decision, not just for the, you know, job security of a long-term deal, multi-year deal, but also, hey, I don't really want to go through another season like we just did um, and, and you know, just be here teaching young kids that are going to struggle. I want to go to and have another chance to win a World Series. He has two. You want one with the Yankees in 09, mm-hmm. of course, the Nationals in 19. He got to a World Series with the Mets in 15. So, you know, he is a competitor too, and he's a winner. And uh, so it could very well simply be, I don't know if this is the right situation for me. I don't know if I really want to go through a rebuild like this and, and, and you know, coach up a bunch of young players when I could go somewhere else, have job security, and coach guys that are going to compete next year uh, for a World, ter- right. World Series title. There's a reason he's one of the best hitting coaches in baseball at the major league level, not the minor league level. So I think that's actually a really good point. Maybe it's not the right fit at the right time. He already has two World Series. Maybe he wants to go for another one, be with a competitive team over several years. Um rather than be with a rebuilding team because I would imagine his day-to-day job changes depending on the guys that are in that lineup and the the situation that the team is at that time. So I think that's a really good point. And I don't know, you know, obviously what goes on in his head at that decision-making, but at this point in his career with the success that he's had, you get that, you know, the ability to make those choices, obviously. So just to kind of also wrap up the Kevin Long discussion, we'll move on to Bob Henley and Randy Knorr. Tie into Juan Soto. How much does Kevin Long's departure now affect Juan Soto and what he's going to do here over the next couple of seasons? Does it have any effect, you you think, on his feelings toward the franchise, to the city, to wanting to be here mm-hmm. long term? You know, you know, is this kind of a an instance where, you know, I'm the superstar player, you know, he he's my hitting coach. I, I want him here, and and you you're not. Committing to him long term, what makes you think that you're going to commit to me long term? You know what I'm saying? Is does that kind of have any effect on Juan Soto's mindset? Because we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. Juan Soto's own personal happiness right now. Because we know he was frustrated with the decision to rebuild. We know he had his own personal successes, but they were not winning, and that was really frustrating for him. At the end of the season, he knows that the next couple of years aren't going to be filled with a lot of wins. Does this now have another negative effect on Juan Soto's mindset towards this franchise over the next couple of years? Right, and you know. I kind of can see both sides of that because on one side, Juan Soto's the best hitter in baseball. You're trying to sign him to a long-term deal. Maybe he has a little bit of say, but then you kind of look at the other hand. It's like they haven't committed to him long-term yet, and he's only been with this team for, what, three years now? It's like, can you really you know, completely cater to him. You have to look out for the best interest of the team, the best, you know, the future interest of this organization. You can't just worry about Juan Soto, but it is important the relationship that your hitting coach has with these players and with your best player. So I think you're right in saying that I think it's going to affect probably his outlook on the organization, at least temporarily. Um, And maybe he'll develop a, a better relationship with, you know, the new hitting coach, you just don't know. Uh, I think it'll have less effect on his actual performance um, because I think Juan Soto will still be Juan Soto. Yeah. 
But who knows? I yeah. mean, you really don't know. They work together. They've, you know, you, you've seen them work together um, long hours with Juan Soto. So it's kind of hard to tell. But as far as his feelings towards the organization, it, it probably does ruffle some feathers, at least a little bit, yeah. I would imagine. Uh, I mean, we know from last year, a couple of departures from the head coaching staff ruffled some feathers in the organization and some players didn't want to see some long-term guys go. Um, you know, as it relates to the rest of the coaching staff, like you said, Jim Hickey has been the only one that Davey Martinez has said is definitely returning mm-hmm. next year. He said at the end of the press conference, uh, as an end of season press conference, uh, everyone else was offered the chance to come back next year, but also given the opportunity to go seek employment elsewhere if they choose. It's not quite yet known who will definitely, aside from, of course, now we know Bob Henley and, and Randy Knorr. Um, it's not quite known for sure who will definitely retire. Assistant hitting coach Pat Rossler is expected probably now to follow Kevin Long to Philadelphia. He's been with Kevin Long for a long time now. And coincidentally enough, Joe Dillon, who was fired after the Phillies season, their hitting coach, he was uh, the first assistant hitting coach under Kevin Long here in D.C. for the first couple of seasons. And it would now seem to be a candidate to return to D.C. after being fired by the Phillies last week. So it's kind of just like the, Reverse, if we're calling this the yeah. Kevin Long coaching Saga. tree, yeah, oh, coaching the tree, coaching yeah. tree. I mean, it's just we're kind of just kind of circling around. So, you know, if that's the case, you know, Joe Dillon is someone that Juan Soto is familiar with um, and would would right. probably get along really well if if the Nats wanted to. Again, not ex- not known for sure, but if they wanted to um, elevate past Pat Rossler to um, that that position, someone Juan Soto is familiar with already. So. There's options there, too, is that, you know, it's not going to be a complete... It could possibly not be a complete stranger to Soto. It is kind of funny that Joe Dillon, he was assistant hitting coach on that World Series team, then he got the job in Philly, and now... Kevin Long, who was, you know, his mentor, Mm -hmm. more or less, and D.C. is taking his job in Philly. So that would be very crazy if Joe Dillon ended up coming back and getting the the hitting job in in D.C. I don't know why I didn't even really think about that. But that that would be really crazy. And obviously, familiarity is really important to coaches, um, and especially Davey Martinez, because as you see him get his own guys in, um, he might be more likely to bring bring in a, a guy like that. So that would be kind of crazy. Uh, you saw that work out, but the the familiarity with both uh, Davy Martinez and the players and Juan Soto mm-hmm. uh, might be an important factor in that decision. So the Nationals are losing some familiarity, of course, um, in other spots. Bob Henley, third base coach, long time. Randy Knorr, uh, first season as a first base coach, not returning to the major league coaching staff next year, but will remain a part of the organization. These guys have been with the, the Nationals since, I think in Bob Henley's case, both uh, since they were in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is these are the long-term tenured guys um, for this organization. Now, I'm just wondering what this is going to look like because, you know, we, we Randy Knorr has held almost every position there is to have in this organization. Right. Bobby Henley has been up with the Major League Club for, I think, uh, the last eight seasons, third base coach for seven of them. Uh, first base coach uh, back in 2020. I mean, what I I I don't really have too much to say. Like that, this is a good or bad move. I'm just curious as to what how we got here. Right? Is this because they're both kind of on the older side? Are they both saying, you know what? I don't know if I can do the the long grind of a major league season again. Um, but I do want to stay involved. 
obviously, since they're staying on board in some capacity, the Nationals think highly of both the guys, Dave Martinez does and, and Mike Rizzo, so they want them around and helping some player development. I'm just curious as to what that's going to look like. Right, and it's also Henley, somebody who's familiar with Juan Soto's, and he works with the outfielders. Correct. So that's another guy that Good works point. closely with Juan Soto that he might be losing, but still going to be in player development roles, so you don't really know how that's, that's going to shake out. But, yeah, these are both guys that played for the Expos, have been with this team for decades and decades. Um, well, I guess, yeah, decades. Decades. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's a matter – because you see they let a lot of minor league coach, coaches go uh, this year. They uh, the, Their director of their analytics department left. There's kind of this big reshaping. So I don't know if this is a part of that. Davey Martinez is getting his guys in those roles that he's going to be work, working with every day. Or – if it's simply a matter of maybe these guys are they're done their days with the major league team and they respect them enough to to keep them around and keep them in some sort of capacity and keep them employed um, rather than letting them go. So I don't know if it's as simple as that or if it's a big part of this bigger, you know, reshape that they're kind of. I mean, it, it almost seems like they they might go through a front office kind of reshape. I think they are. I think uh, Mike Rizzo kind of hinted at that, if not fully on, said that during his end-of-season press mm-hmm. conference with the Porters on the last day of the season at Nationals Park. He kind of said they're, they're going to look at this organization top to bottom and, and change up some things um, because they've got a lot of development to do, of course, on the younger player side. They need to completely revamp their farm system. We've seen some progress. We talked about the, the, their farm system rankings, midseason rankings jumping up a little bit, but there's still a long ways to go to get where they want to be. You know, you're looking at the, they're trying to become a team like the Tampa Bay Rays or the Los Angeles Dodgers, mm-hmm. teams that don't really go through rebuilds because they're so depth and, you know, they have a really high analytical prop department that they uh, that they trust and, and, and they kind of just churn out players. Sorry, and coaches. I hit my mic. Um, <laughs> you know, year after year after year. So that's what they're looking to do. Mike Rizzo's looking at uh, – he's got a lot of work to do this offseason, not just for the major league club, but if they're going to do this whole revamped organizational thing, you know, kind of evaluating everyone top to bottom – and this is step one. And, um, yeah, yeah I, 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 we don't know what it looks like. You know, we haven't heard from Mike or Davey since the season ended. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to hop on a Zoom right now to discuss the dismissals of these two guys or the, the, the changes of coaching staff yet. Um, we probably won't hear from them until they make a hire, you know, or if, if, mm-hmm. if even that, we might just hear from the new coaches. So, um, yeah, it, that question remains to be seen. We'll, we'll, we'll see how what happens and what Mike has to say about why they decided to go this route. But yeah, on the, on the front of it, it looks like two long-term guys, like you said, they want to do right by them. Um, maybe move in a different direction in terms of coaching, but they want to keep these guys around because they are trusted th- throughout the organization and can help in some capacity. Exactly. I mean, they were valued enough to be the first and third base coaches of this major league team. So I think it's only going to help now you, you kind of move them into a player development role. You still have their knowledge. You still have their brains to pick day in and day out um, in these player development roles. And then you can get two more cooks in the kitchen yeah. at the major league level to be your first and third base coaches if they hire two new guys, promote guys. We don't know how that's going to look. So it might be a good move. It might be a good move after all. Um, and, of course, maybe it's what they kind of wanted to. Yeah. It's time for them to step down. We just aren't too sure about that yet. We talked about Jim Hickey a little bit. You mentioned the bullpen coach, Henry Blanco, and obviously the bullpen had their struggles this year too. Problem is, though, Henry Blanco also works with the catchers, and he was a longtime catcher. And uh, Dave Martinez, especially the last two months of the season, talking about Caber Ruiz, said – 
Henry Blanco was very integral in the development of Caber Ruiz over the last two weeks, and they saw how much he improved behind the plate. You know how them how he well he uses his athleticism mm-hmm. back there um, and, and his defense, and Henry Blanco played a huge role in that. You know, I don't know how much he he works with like the actual pitchers in the bullpen. I know he's down there and communicating with them. I think that probably right. relies more on the pitching coach. Um, but I, you know, they're given the opportunity to come back. It's one year deals though. We'll see what that happens. And then Tim Bogar, you know, he's been Davies basically right hand man this entire time. And he was the first base coach for the first couple of years. Now the bench coach. Um, and I, I think it seems like Davy was very happy with what Tim Bogar's did and the job he did as a bench coach and then also filling in for Davey uh, as the manager on occasion. So I would expect him to come back as well because he's been a long fixture here as long as Davey's been here. Right. And it's so hard to judge, you know, how much of an impact these coaches really have right. at this level. Um, and obviously Jim Hickey's a long time respected pitching coach. I don't think that they're going to give him you know, one year and it doesn't work out and that's done given how many injuries they had and all the everything that he had to work through this season. Um, And who knows how much of that even really falls on him. So it will be interesting to see, you know, kind of how things shake out over the next year. Um, But Kevin Long leaving and then these guys saying was surprising that if there was going to be any moves at all, at least to me. Yeah, man, we we talked about why that is. Uh, But look, here's the thing. We, We talked about this last year as a positive what the Nationals do have is stability at the manager position. You know, mm-hmm. Davey's going into his fifth year as the Nationals manager, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, he is the longest tenured manager the Nationals have ever had. Uh, he's got two more years after receiving uh, a three-year extension uh, last year. For, it was like a little over $7 million. Uh, so, And this is something that we've been asking for a long time from this club, have stability at the major at the manager position. You know, clearly – Davey and Mike have talked about this rebuild and this process they're going through, and sounds like Davey's on board with that and wants to go through with it. Um, and, and now it's just a manner, manner of matter of finding uh, other pieces for his coaching staff and and maybe find some stability there. Again, I, I would prefer them to. It's, it is tough, especially when you go through a losing season like they just mm-hmm. did. I would prefer to see the same faces in and out because that just helps uh, the development of these players, some familiarity there. But I understand that, you know, it is a business, so there are some moves that had to be made. But the fact that Davey's going to be here for her fifth season, a sixth season, and a seventh season is pretty impressive considering, you know, that the Nationals were basically going through managers every two years for a while. Right. That that stability at the the manager level, I think, is really important, and it's – you don't really know which direction they'll go. I mean, clearly they're signing these guys to these one-year deals, but you have this young team, so you want the stability, and Davey Martinez finally got his, so he probably wants the some stability with his coaches under him so he can kind of get a feel for things and get things going with the same group. But then you also have a rebuilding team, and typically rebuilding teams don't have coaches that are there to stay. You know, As yeah. soon as this team's competitive, again, you're going to see a whole different group of coaches. So it's kind of... Hard to tell uh, which which direction will be best for the Nationals because, like we've talked about so often, this rebuild might not be as traditional as we've seen across baseball. Yeah. So, it, it will, it, I'll be curious to see how it ends up shaking out and if they find some success, if they will sign any of these guys to a multi-year deal, yeah. uh, kind of like Kevin Long was looking for. Yeah, and like I said, it's t- it's tough to 
Judge Jim Hickey, you know, if this rotation bounces back and, and bullpen bounces back next mm-hmm. year and you find some success, okay, maybe Jim is the guy. And, and, and we know Davey handpicked him, so he might be worth keeping around long term. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on. That's obviously we'll have all that breaking news coverage on MassInSports.com once uh, um, coaching hires are have been made or reported or announced. So be stay tuned with that and give Mark Zuckerman, of course, a follow on Twitter at Mark Zuckerman for the latest news there. But you mentioned the minor league guys. Let's touch on a couple right now real quick because the Nationals announced their minor league uh, award winners for the 2021 season earlier today. Some obvious ones. Player of the year goes to Jake Knoll at AAA uh, Rochester. Uh, infielder, outfielder, which they labeled him out, which I was, I was pretty in- interested by that he's got some time in the outfield as well because we talked about where does he fit in, you know, especially if Zimmerman comes back. He has been a first baseman. He played a lot of third base this year. Um, but he was uh, the Red Wings player of the year and now the Nationals um, uh, overall player of the year. And pitcher of the year, shocker, goes to Kate <laughs> Cavalli, who was just flew up the system and, and uh, prospect rankings across the board. Um, a great professional debut for Cavalli in 2021. Yeah, and then you go on the – I guess defensive player of the year, which kind of, I won't say, I think we kind of forget about him because yeah. obviously he wasn't here. And that went to outfielder Donovan Casey, which I think kind of probably should make the Nationals feel a little bit good because they have some questions in that outfield, especially at left field. He played games at all three positions in that outfield. Did really well, obviously found success at the plate too. And I was, I don't know why, but when I was reading this list, I was kind of surprised by this, but I'm sure the Nationals were excited to see the results that they got out of Donovan Casey in that month-ish that they had him, two months. Yeah, he came over as a part of that Max Scherzer trade Turner deal with the Dodgers. He was the only one of those four players that came back in that deal from the Dodgers that wasn't ranked in the Dodgers system, mm-hmm. but then was immediately ranked in the national system at number 27. I had don't have an updated number of where he finished the season up, but clearly the Nationals see, you know, he is almost maybe kind of like the same kind of uh, a younger version of like Elaine Thomas, right? He, they, they love his speed in the outfield. They love his glove, his ability to get on base that he demonstrated at the minor league level for the last half of the season, two months of the season. Um, so that's an exciting name. And, you know, that's a part that's, that's why the Nationals traded Max and Trey at the same time so they could get two high leverage prospects in Ruiz and Gray and then uh, Gerardo Correa and Donovan Casey at the bottom half fills out that, you know, Nationals top 30 prospects according to MLB Pipeline. So he's not a nobody that they got in that. They, exactly. they, they were able to get a little higher value right there. Um, and then to wrap up, uh, base runner of the year award, Jordan Barley, um, infielder, again, more speed. Infield depth we talked about is somewhere <laughs> the Nationals are going to need a lot of because, you know, after – uh, Carter Keboom and Luis Garcia graduated to from prospect rankings. There's not much infield depth. And they have some pitchers. They now finally have catchers. They have a couple of outfielders, but a lot of their infield, best infield prospects are still at the really lower levels of the minor leagues and are kind of far away from reaching the major league level. Yeah, that's that's definitely good to see some infielders on this list. And the Nationals Way Award went to infielder, outfielder Jack Dunn. Um, which is good to see another infielder, a guy who goes plays both both ways uh, to, to see on this list. It was a 20th round selection back in 2019 out of Northwestern. Uh, so we know that uh, R.O. Mark Zuckerman is a big fan of, uh, of Dunn um, and, uh, at High Wilmington. Uh, High A. Wilmington, uh, excuse me. All right, Amy, last week we gave, uh, before we get out of here, we gave our, our postseason predictions, trying to predict the bracket for the MLB postseason. It's been a really exciting First week, I mean, it was crazy. A week ago was the wild card game, and you know we're 
almost wrapping up the division series. Um, we're not looking too great. Um, we both had the Yankees winning the wild card game. That obviously didn't happen. We both had the Rays winning the ALDS series um, in five games for you, four games for me. That obviously didn't happen. The Rays get knocked out by the Red Sox. Do you feel like the Red Sox are on a Nats 2019-like kind of run? Like, Could they pull this off, do you think, and, and are just the hottest team at the right time? I think that's actually a really interesting compa- comparison. I, It's kind of hard to compare the Nationals – in that year and kind yeah. of compare the Red Sox this year just because of the difference in organizations. I mean, can you believe that the Red that that is a really good point because I didn't see them neither of us saw saw them winning the wild card and then of course they got hot at the right time and playing at Fenway and all of that is kind of clicking. It kind of does have a similar feel and in that wild card race went down into the last minute mm-hmm. um, and and got into that wild card game. So I think that's a really good point. Yeah, but I can't believe they had a top five pick. Yeah, oh no, they 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 were really really bad last year, and uh, are right back I, in I, it. They're just doing they're they're doing what the Nationals are hoping to do, right? In terms of a mini rebuild, they, they remember they won the World Series in 2018. They traded Mookie Betts. Um, they were a last place finish, I think, in 19 and in 20. They were maybe just right above or mm-hmm. no, they were right below the Orioles because Orioles actually finished with a better record uh, than the Red Sox. That's so right. they, and, and then here they are, you know, they're four games away from the world series now. And, you know, it, it also kind of weird, like the kind of spooky comparison. You look at this division series. I mean, the wildcard game wasn't that close. Garrett Cole only going two innings and in, in a couple yeah. of batters face in the third. Um, but then you look at, you know, they get shut out in game one. The Nationals didn't get shut out, but they got beat pretty handily by the Dodgers in Game 1 in 2019, and then they pull off three straight wins. Obviously, the Nationals had to go five, but still, you know, you look, that series starts off, and you're like, ah, yeah, they ran into a gauntlet, mm-hmm. and then they become the gauntlet. You know, what was that line by um, uh, Stephen Strasburg? Maybe sometimes you're, you're the buzzsaw. Buzz yeah. And, you know, that obviously the name of Jesse Dockery's book, and I, I really don't like the Red Sox winning the World Series. Uh, just because, as a fan, not a big fan of the Red Sox, mm-hmm. but you can, uh, you just, feel it just feels it, that uh, way. It kind of feels like a, there. You know, we talked. I talked last week about how I thought the uh, the Giants felt like a team of destiny, just winning so many games and are just going to be the best team, top to bottom, when no one thought they were going to be. Now it just feels like the Red Sox are just unbeatable. And that that division, I mean, it's just so. There's no rebuilding. I mean, they have a down year and they're right back in it. And they're gonna, that whole division is going to be competitive for so many years to mm-hmm. come. And you look at the Rays getting knocked out, obviously, eliminated now. But they're going to be good for a lot of years. I mean, they have like four rookies pitch in mm-hmm. that series or in the playoffs who were there or who had a half a season or less up in the majors. Um, they have a lot of young talent and you know how they do things down there, competitive year in and year out analytics driven. So I don't know. It's, so that's my just, next question. What, what do you do with the, I mean, you came within a couple of games of winning the world series last year. I know shortened season, but you know, they were there and then you win a hundred games this year, win a very tough AL East and your first round exit. I mean, obviously <laughs> the Nationals have done that before too. Mm-hmm. You know, think about back in, you know, 12 and 14 having the best record in the National League and then getting bounced by the wild card winners. That's what happened to the Rays. I mean, what do you I mean, do you just stay the course or I it that's got to be very frustrating for Tampa fans being it, so close and then and having a, such a great regular season and then being out so quickly. And that <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> that, <laughs> that just shows you what big of an influence it has, what division you're in. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is really, really important. And 
just how hard it is to make the playoffs in baseball. And yeah. just once you're there, just how hard it is. It's different than any other sport. 162-game season. Yeah. Um, it is tough to get there and then tough to win. So it is, I imagine, difficult for them to come almost win the World Series last year and then, you know, get eliminated by the Red Sox who are in the wild card game. It's just such a tight race, especially in that division, and that makes a big difference, and that has to be frustrating. But I think they're going to be right back in it next year because they have so much young talent yeah and there will be a second 100 win team eliminated before the national league championship series dodgers and giants going against each other the giants have a 2-1 lead after winning one nothing uh in last night brewers dodgers white Sox on the verge of elimination today first pitch of that first game come up in like five minutes live Jeez. time right now as we're live um i just want to see some kind of game fives i i, know. I hope the white Sox. I hope the Brewers get back in it because I know a lot of Nationals fans don't want to see the Braves win. Um, I hope the, Do series, the yeah. Dodgers and Giants series has been great going back and forth. I mean, that's just been so much star power. Um, great pitching. Obviously, in game three last night with Max on the mound. That was his first loss as a Dodger, right. which one, is crazy. One walk, mm -hmm. 10 strikeouts, seven innings, right? Yep, and the home run. And that one home run. And the wind did at and that the wind game. took it was crazy if you would have seen i mean it, they said it was kind of blowing like in a circle yeah and so you hit the right ball at the right time of course it's going to go out but they said with the exit velocity and launch angles that so many other balls hit it was like nine others probably would have been home runs despite the win wow that's nuts um so three more so just so we know before while we're while <laughs> we're looking at so we each have the White Sox in the next. No, you have the White Sox. I have the Astros. So there'll be a split there. One of us will be right. Uh, and we, we both have the Brewers and the Giants. I had the Brewers in three. That's obviously not going to happen. That's you had the Brewers in four. They need to get to five. Me. Yeah, me too. Um, the, the Braves offense seems to be finally clicking right now too. So, uh, you know, teams are starting to play well at the right time. That's what October's all about. If you just get clicking at the right time, anyone can win the, the whole thing. Right. You just got to get hot. Yeah. And Mm, those Red Sox. Those Red Sox. Well, we'll have an update, I think, a week from today is when the Championship League series start, or is it this weekend? No, I think you're right. Okay, so we'll have updates. We'll you know we'll know who the Final Four are next week. We'll maybe preview some of those series as we get closer and closer to the end of the 2021 season. And, of course, any Nationals news, stick with us on the Mass and All Access podcast and on MassInSports.com. We'll have coverage for anything that breaks throughout the course of the offseason. Give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and or SoundCloud, and, of course, Catch us live every single week on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel uh, at Bobby underscore Blanco for myself on Twitter at Amy Jennings News for Amy. Big shout out to Brendan for his help behind the scenes and to him and Paul for their nice words about um, our big news on their podcast. And thanks to all the great for all the nice messages I got. Um, um, you know, during the show, I saw the comments. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, it's been exciting. going to get weekend. married on the podcast. <laughs> that is the big reveal yeah, here. That's the, the big end of the reveal. Podcast. Yep. Yep. So. A whole ceremony. I'm Paul's getting ordained in a couple of days yep. and uh, we'll, Megan we'll knock out the this flower thing. girl. Yep. Brendan's going <laughs> to run production. Yeah, the ring bearer. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a whole show. <laughs> Don't tell <laughs> Megan. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Uh, enjoy the postseason and we'll talk to you soon.